your senior writer for Real-Time Fantasy Sports, and welcome to another edition of the Real-Time Fantasy Sports Podcast. On today's podcast, I'm going to be joined by co-worker Curtis Guzman of Real-Time Fantasy Sports. Curtis and I are going to talk about all things fantasy from this past week and also help you get ready for week seven of the regular season. But before I get to that interview with Curtis, I wanted to mention we do do daily games here at Real-Time Fantasy Sports. Just go to rtsports.com and click on the daily link to sign up for a game today. You can sign up for basketball, which just started, or you can do football as well. We have different price points, all different types of games. So go to rtsports.com and click on the daily link to sign up for a daily game today. And now here's my interview with Curtis Guzman of Real-Time Fantasy Sports. And now I'm joined by Curtis Guzman of Real-Time Fantasy Sports. Curtis has been on with me several times this year. We're going to help you get ready for Week 7 and talk about the fantasy news of the week as well. Curtis, thanks a lot for joining me today. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. No problem, Jeff. So, Curtis, I guess the big news of last week was the Adrian Peterson trade to the Cardinals, and then he ended up going off in his first game with Arizona. He had a huge game, rushed for about 130 yards, scored two touchdowns. So my question to you is, is this real or is it a fluke? I guess I'm buying into it overall. I mean, you look at what he did with the Saints. His best game there was probably the nine carries for 33 yards. Um, but being on Cardinals, pretty much being a clear number one back, and you look at his next three weeks, uh, he has uh, Rams, and he's on a bye week, and he has San Francisco. Um, the Rams and the 49ers are both uh, one of the worst teams against running back. So those are two good matchups he has coming up. Uh, it's going to be largely dependent um, on can the Cardinals keep up and they want to lead. You know, that's going to help Peterson stay on the field. But overall, absolutely think he's going to be a lot better than he was in New Orleans. And I think he can sustain, well, maybe not, you know, 100-plus two touchdowns every week, uh, I think you should be a legitimate, probably RB2 for most fantasy teams. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I do think uh, Peterson, he can't be worse than he was in New Orleans, but I'm kind of tempering my expectations for him, though, just because he played Tampa in that game. He had a huge performance, and Tampa can't stop anybody right now. And Arizona was up big, and then he got a lot more chances to run the ball because of that. So I'm not quite as high on him, maybe. I think he may be more of a flex play, especially since he doesn't catch passes at all. And I still, I'm not totally giving up on Andre Ellington, even even after last week. Again, I think game flow dictated his playing time. So I still think Ellington's going to be a factor in the pass game and eat into Peterson's playing time a little bit. So I might not consider him a number two, but more so of a flex play for fantasy teams going forward. So I'm not... I'm not quite as high on him as you, Curtis, but I can see why you feel about him that way. And kind of in the same realm of about players getting a chance to play, how about Brett Hundley? So now he gets to step in and start for Aaron Rodgers, one of the best offenses in football. What are your expectations for him at quarterback for Green Bay? Yeah, I mean, I have some pretty major concerns. I guess the question that comes up, you know, is how good is the Packers how good are they overall, you know, offensively and maybe just as a whole team? They rely so much on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you look at the situation Hunley steps into, you know, their whole line's decimated. I think they're on their fifth or sixth offensive tackle. Um, they got pretty good receivers, but their running game's average at best. Um, and this offense is just really much predicated on Rodgers' mobility, his ability to extend the plays, his amazing timing with his receivers on some of those back shoulder throws. So, uh, I 
think you'll obviously improve off of when he stepped in last week. You know, he, he struggled. McCarthy will tailor the offense more towards Hummel's abilities, but at best, he's a matchup play, a low-end quarterback, too, and uh, I don't see him getting a lot of use in fantasy. And I do have concerns about the other Packers offense going forward. I want to get your thoughts on when you think about, you know, players like Jordy Nelson or Devontae Adams. Yeah, I'm, d- I'm down on the whole team going forward just because of Hundley. I know the Packers have done well in the past with their backups stepping in and playing well, and I do think Hundley will play better this week than this past week when he had three interceptions. But still, it's Brett Hundley, and he's not near the player that Aaron Rodgers is. A- is. And like you said, that offensive line isn't very good and Hundley's now starting a quarterback for them. I just think the whole team, I would downgrade him a little bit going forward. I'm really concerned about the receivers. I actually think Aaron Jones might be one of the lone benefactors in all of this because it makes sense to get him more carries, more touches. Ty Montgomery just isn't doing much with his chances when he's starting. So I think it makes sense to give, give Aaron Jones a chance to run the ball and take the pressure off Hundley. So he's one guy I think could benefit from all of this in that Green Bay offense. And speaking of Aaron Rodgers, so possible replacements for him. If you're not going to go get Hundley, who else out there on the waiver wire might be somebody that could help fantasy teams that owned Aaron Rodgers? Sure. So, I mean, I was kind of looking around. Do you think it's tough? I mean, you're not going to replace Aaron Rodgers point-wise, but uh, a couple options I had. Uh, Jared Goff, um, he's owned in roughly about 65% of leagues, uh, so you may be able to pick him up off the waivers. He's, he's cooled off from his hot start to the season, but I still think he's serviceable in, in a lot of matchups and should definitely reach double digits. Uh, quarterback Tyrod Taylor for Buffalo. Uh, he's owned, I think, in just about 60% of leagues, but I, looking ahead, I, I like the schedule. I thought it was favorable in about four of the six games coming up for him. And then, I mean, if you're looking for maybe just other streamer options, I mean, if you can't find maybe a full-time quarterback, you got guys like uh, Case Keenum, Jacoby Brissett, Eli Manning, Andy Dalton, uh, guys who I probably want to count on on a week-to-week basis, but if you find a good matchup, you know, you can maybe pluck one of those guys up waivers. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking along those lines, Curtis. I think that going with the streaming options might be best for a lot of the owners that had Aaron Rodgers. I think you're going to have to look at guys like Jacoby Brissett, like you said, use him on a spot-start basis, and, you know, even somebody like Blake Bortles and, one guy out there that I saw dropped in a lot of leagues, though, that I would possibly consider plugging in for Rodgers is Trevor Simeon. I've seen him, seen him dropped in a lot of leagues because he had a couple down games after his fast start to the season, but he showed last week that he can post big numbers when given the chance to air it out. He threw for almost 400 yards, and he had a touchdown. He only had one touchdown, which isn't great, but still, I think Simeon has some potential in a starting role for fancy teams. So now let's talk about Ezekiel Elliott. That's that's the other big news of the week. He's still not suspended. He still could get suspended uh, in the coming weeks. It's still up in the air, everything kind of up in the air. He's going to play this week. But how are you handling it if you're an Ezekiel Elliott owner? It's tough. Uh, I mean, yeah, you got the restraining order that should allow him to play this week and likely next week. But it's really just, I guess, about the timing. I mean, if the six-game uh, suspension is reinstated, right after, say, we take, for example, then that's going to take them out through a big chunk of your, your season, but should theoretically get them back in time for the playoffs in week 15. So, if, you know, if that's the case, then I probably want to hang on to them and hopefully have them back uh, in time for my fantasy playoffs if, you know, I think I'm going to make it. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, the best, best case scenario, obviously, is for the suspension to get reduced or go away completely, but... 
uh, as a fantasy owner, I'm almost kind of hoping it drags on and if it just gets delayed maybe a couple weeks. You know, who knows with the court system, but uh, if it drags on and this position is delayed even longer, then, then most fantasy owners can know if or if not, he will be back in time for the fantasy playoffs and then you can make a decision based on that and you know if you can drop him or hang on to him. So uh, I guess for the time being, I'm going to hang on to him, but definitely something he's going to kind of monitor going forward. Yeah, I think the big question I get is, who do I pick up if I own him? Is it McFadden or Morris? And for me, I'm probably leaning McFadden just because he's more of a three-down back. I know Morris is the number two back right now. I think this is a fluid situation, and I think it could definitely change going forward if one of those guys is forced to start. But if I had to grab one, somebody put a gun to my head and said, Jeff, you got to pick up one of these players to replace Elliott uh, in the Cowboys' backfield, I would say McFadden. So... I wanted to throw that out there as well. Now I want to talk about uh, player. You're, you're struggling in your fantasy league right now. You got to go out and try to get somebody to get you going. A guy that could really help. You know, if you're two and four, three and three, one and five, you need to get going for the rest of the year. Is there a player out there that you're going to target in a trade that you think could be huge down the stretch, Curtis? Yeah, I got a couple guys. Uh, wide receiver Sterling Shepard for the Giants. Uh, Probably an obvious one. Uh, Giants kind of decimated uh, in the receiving core overall, so he becomes the de facto number one receiver. Uh, you know, looking early on, the Giants offense really looked like they struggled. They might have found their footing against Denver. I mean, that was a tough matchup, and I was impressed with how they did. So that could be a good sign going forward for uh, the Giants and Sterling Shepard. Uh, running back Jerry from Cannon. Uh, if you own him already, and, you know, it's probably going to be hard to get away from him, but maybe if you're loaded, that uh, the running back position, and he's only a flex play for you. That could be helpful for someone else because he's clearly the most explosive running back in Minnesota. He's, he's overall with these right now, and uh, he also has some pretty favorable matchups against Baltimore, Cleveland, and the Los Angeles Rams coming up. And then finally, um, if, you, if you're looking for another receiver help, uh, Will Fuller um, for the Texans. He's been back for three weeks now, and he has five touchdowns in those three weeks. Uh, he's on a bye this week, and then he's at Seattle, so maybe, you know, if other owners look in that matchup, that might scare him away. But the offense is, as a whole is, is really looking explosive. He's a big play threat, and he's not going to see any double teams with DeAndre Hopkins on the other side. So those are three guys I kind of like going forward. Yeah, I like McKinnon a lot, too. Another running back I'm, I kind of would target if I'm looking at a trade is Alvin Kamara from New Orleans. He really has been involved a lot more offensively. He had a season-high 10 carries last week, and the previous week he had 10 receptions. I think the Saints are just getting him heavily involved in the offense right now, and I, I really think he's he's set up for a big second half of the fantasy season. Another guy I like, I was big on before the season, and started out slow, got hurt, but Marcus Mariota, I really liked how he looked last week. He had to stay in the pocket because of his hamstring injury, so he was more of a pocket passer, and he excelled in that role. He had a 300-yard game and he made some big plays throughout the night and helped his team to victory. So I think Mariota's another guy I really like going forward. And lastly, I'll give you a receiver. How about how about Kelvin Benjamin? I know he's still not having a great year. He's 31st in fantasy scoring right now, but I really like him uh, as a red zone threat. He only has one touchdown, but I think he's a perfect red zone threat in that offense, and I like the Panthers as a team as a whole. They're looking much better than last year, so I think Benjamin could be a guy that could be a legit low-end number one for fantasy teams uh, the rest of the way this year. So talk about guys, we just talked about guys we're targeting, guys we want to trade for, but 
I wanted to talk about disappointments. Who has been your biggest disappointment after six weeks of the fantasy season? Yeah, I'll start near the top. Uh, wide receiver Julio Jones uh, comes to mind. Only had one 100-yard-plus game, zero touchdowns to date. Uh, the most receptions he got in any one game was seven. Um, I'm optimistic about it going forward overall. You know, the Falcons have mentioned, obviously, that you know, they're aware of uh, what little he's done so far uh, compared to preseasons, and I want to get him more involved. But you got to say, today it's been kind of frustrating. And then two other guys that's on there is uh, running back Jay Day. He has two games over 100 yards, uh, zero touchdowns, and not sure if that'll improve overall, to be honest. And then Tyson Jordan Reed, also zero touchdowns, zero 100-yard games. Obviously, kind of has that injury-prone tag. Um, been dealing with a foot issue, and I'm, I don't know. I'm uncertain, I guess, going forward with Jordan Reed if he'll, if he'll be able to pick it up or not. Yeah, one guy that I was just super high on this year is Bilal Powell. I just thought he was going to have a huge year, getting a lot of receptions as one of the few proven options in the passing game for the Jets, but he just has done very little. Some games he just completely disappeared. He's had one big game, and he has two touchdowns, which is decent, but overall his numbers just have not been good, and now he has an injury. He's expected to probably play this week. He got in a full practice today, which is – encouraging for him but still overall I thought Powell was just going to have a huge season and I've been highly disappointed in him I'll give you another running back I'm disappointed into Marlon Mack and it's more so the Colts fault in my view because I feel like the guy's made plays I don't understand how you get him two carries like he had last week when he's been averaging nearly six yards of carry the last few games and Frank Gorge isn't a very good back at this stage of his career and it just makes sense to get Mack involved and I don't understand at all why he hasn't played more in Indianapolis, so maybe he will going forward, but to date, I've been disappointed in him because I thought he would get more chances, and when he's gotten the chances, he's made plays, but he hasn't gotten many chances, so hopefully that'll change. And now I wanted to talk about week six with you, Curtis, just go over a couple things before I let you go. So how about some, or week six, I, I'm, I mean week seven, uh, I was talking about week, week six, <laughs> I said six weeks, uh, biggest disappointment after six weeks threw me off, so week seven. Uh, anyway, week seven must starts. Who are you starting week seven? Any any guys that are must starts for you? I think there's two. Um, I guess I'll go with maybe an obvious one first. Uh, quarterback Matt Ryan against uh, New England. Uh, New England's just right now statistically one of the worst defenses in the league. Um, they allowed six straight games of 300 or more passing yards, and they're bottom three fantasy wise against every single skill position. So. Matt Ryan's kind of been a slightly disappointment to the beginning of the season, but I think this is a great game for him to get a chance to rebound. Uh, even though it's on the road in New England, it, it should still be a promising matchup. And then maybe a surprising one is running back Chris Thompson against the Phillies. Uh, I'm sorry, Philadelphia Eagles. So the um, uh, Eagles have actually a top three uh, defense against running backs, so it might be surprising. But if you have Bob Kelly banged up, um, and either Kelly or Pirine struggle to get going on the ground, that's where Thompson can come in. And obviously they use some more of the receiving threat out of the backfield as is. So I think, you know, if the ground game struggles with Kelly and Pirine, that means Thompson could get a really good shot to get in and, and get some stats going. Yeah, I have a Reds, another different Redskin on my must-start this week, and that's Kirk Cousins. I just love the way he's playing right now. He had a couple hiccups after his uh, start to the season, but he's he's – third in quarterback scoring his last three games, and he's sixth overall now for the season. So I like the way he's playing right now when he plays Philadelphia. Like you said, they're pretty good against the run, but they have not done well against the pass. They're 29th overall against the pass, and they allow the eighth most fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. So 
I think he will do well in that matchup, and maybe he will dump some balls off to Chris Thompson to have to uh, help him have that big game for you, Curtis. And another hot play for me is Michael Crabtree. Amari Cooper has been a disaster, but Crabtree has been eerily consistent all year. He has 80-plus yards three of his five games, and he's getting the catches every week, and he's playing the Chiefs in what could be a, a shootout tonight. Chiefs are just 24th overall against the pass, so I think Crabtree will do very, very good again in Week 7 for fantasy teams. And how about some Week 7 guys? That you're benching, Curtis. Who do you have on the bench this week? Uh, so I got T.Y. Hilton in three weeks, and it's been pretty rough stretch going overall. He's only uh, cracked double-digit fantasy points twice this season. Um, surprising, really. You think they try to get him the ball? He's the only big play threat to have on the team, but I guess that also means that he probably go out of double teams, and and Brissett just hasn't had a lot of time or uh, help to get the ball downfield. So, Dante Moncrief, got, not not to cut you off, but Dante Moncrief can't catch a cold. So, I don't understand why they, I can't. I don't understand why they keep looking his way. It, it only makes sense to throw the ball more to Hilton, and he just hasn't got the look like I thought. But go go ahead, Curtis. Sorry. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, with you seeing the game last week, uh, both Moncrief and Doyle just had a huge case of the drop. So. Um, I actually had a game basically riding on the head and lost to it because T.Y. only racked up, I think, two points. But uh, against Jacksonville this week, it's, it's going to be a tough, tough matchup. And, no, you can't drop him or bench him every week going forward, but he, it's kind of maybe the matchup based. And, you know, we got to wait to see what happens with the luck situation. He's uh, been shut down temporarily. So I think owners are probably really hoping to get a look back and that would get T.Y. Hill going. But, it's on turn at this point if that'll happen. And then another guy I'm probably avoiding is running back Doug Martin and Buffalo. Uh It's a tough defense to play, especially on the road. And then the status of James Winston with that shoulder injury uh, kind of, you know, could make or break uh, Martin's uh, week because if Winston can't, isn't able to go, then Buffalo can uh, have a chance to load the box and make uh, life pretty difficult for Martin that week. So a couple cold plays for me, Andy Dalton of the Bengals. He's, he's turned into kind of a spot play. You kind of mentioned that when we were talking about quarterbacks, but I think Dalton has moved into that spot play category, and I don't think it's a good spot to play him this week against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, they shut down the Chiefs' high-powered offense last week, and the Steelers allow the second-fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks and the first overall against the pass now. So Dalton's a guy I would leave on my bench. And another guy I would leave on the bench this week is Martavis Bryant of the Steelers. He just – he wants the ball more, apparently, and he's talked to the coaching staff, and there's rumblings that he's even asked for a trade, but I don't know if that's happening right now, and it might be a good thing for him. But at the moment, he's playing in Pittsburgh, and he's not getting a whole lot of weekly chances. He's really only had one game where he's been okay, where he had more than 50 yards. The rest of the year, he's been pretty pretty poor for fantasy teams, and I would leave him on my bench again this week against the Bengals. Cincinnati has allowed the third fewest fantasy points to receivers, and they are second overall against the pass. So uh, that's the same, ga- same game. I have two guys on my bench in the same game, Andy Dalton and Martavis Bryant. So lastly, I want to ask you about some sleepers. Can you give me a sleeper or two for week seven, Curtis? Yeah, so I actually just mentioned them. Uh, you, you brought them up, but I'm, I'm taking a flyer on this. I'm, I'm not sure if it will come to pass, but uh, Indianapolis running back Marlon Mack, um, I'm, I'm with you. I'm just trying to get a couple more. Uh, he's clearly the most explosive back on the team. They just lost their second running back, a running back, Robert Turbin, probably out for the season, it sounds like. So you would think that opens the door for Marlon Mack. I, it hasn't looked promising to date, but the Colts need some kind of 
um, hope going forward on offense that they're not going to get too wide open. They're most explosive player of the ball, but maybe they try for a little bit their second most explosive player in Mac. Uh, so I think, you know, I don't know if the matchup happens this week, but down the road I, I would I would only hope that they get him the ball more and he gets some more opportunity. And then uh, last, uh, kind of like in my uh, Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup, um, he's been consistent, not great um, in any of his games to date, but he does rank second among the Rams and. Uh, targets, receptions, and yards. Uh, Arizona's 28th against opposing wide receivers fantasy this year. And so if Sammy Watkins, you can will probably draw Patrick Peterson in most plays. Uh, that should open up the underneath passing game for people tough, and he might have a, at least a decent game. I don't know that you can expect him to go off, but if you're looking for someone to fill in on bye weeks, then he could be a good, good player. I'll give you two different positions for my sleepers. Uh, I'll start out at tight end, and I'll go with Nick O'Leary, the Bills. He's getting a chance to start now because Charles Clay's out. And as you know and as all our listeners know, the Bills are really targeting the tight end. When Clay was in there this season, Tyrod Taylor was looking his way off, and Clay was a top-five fantasy tight end before he got hurt. And O'Leary, when he got his chance the last game when uh, Clay got hurt, he had five receptions for 54 yards. So that's very encouraging to me. And he has a prime matchup this week against the Bucks, who have just been pitiful against the pass all year. They ranked 31st overall against the pass, so I think O'Leary's a good streaming play if you need a tight end for week seven. And another streaming play, we talked about him a little earlier, was is Brett Hundley. Uh, he had a rough first outing, but I like his chances a little more this week. He gets to practice with the first-team offense all week, and he gets to face the Saints, who have been a little better defensively overall, but they still rank just 27th overall against the pass, allowing 262 passing yards per game. So I think Hundley will rebound from his three-interception game from last week. And I think we'll have a good showing. It's worth a good uh, good look for a team looking for a spot play at quarterback in week seven. Curtis, great stuff today. Really appreciate you coming on with me. We will definitely do it again before the season is out. Uh, thanks a lot, Curtis. I hope you have a good day. I absolutely appreciate it, Jeff. Well, good time as always. And, yeah, we'll do it again soon. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Curtis. And that was my interview with Curtis Guzman of Real-Time Fantasy Sports. I want to thank Curtis for being a great guest on the show today. And I want to thank you for listening to the Real-Time Fantasy Sports Podcast. This has been Jeff Power for Real-Time Fantasy Sports. Have a great day, everyone. 